how'd they feel about seeing your big mug on uh, those giant billboards? That was cool for them. That's cool for everybody. Right. That was up for like a year. And uh, that whole year, every single day, I would get a text message, a picture message of somebody. Right. Right. It was for a radio station. You know when I was on a billboard. Uh, people people would tag me in Facebook posts and be like, "How many Brandons can you see in a row?" Yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes there would be two billboards of the same. Yeah, on the same, same thing. thing. Yeah, um, it was uh, it for Indy eighty eight. Indy eighty eight. Oh, right. It was mine right. too. You guys were in the same campaign, probably, because there was multiple, like, it was, they had multiple yeah. campaigns and different slogans and taglines. Yeah, mine yeah. was the USB one. I, I, I never unplugged my USB safely or something. Oh, nice. Mine was, I don't laugh. I don't always laugh out loud when I LOL. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that was <laughs> a great one. Laughing Vikings Live. High vibe chats with actors, comedians, and creators, plus stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, and most importantly, you. That's right. Join us every Monday for new episodes, and you can be a part of the show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch. Ask questions and interact in the comments, and make sure to share this with your actor, comedian, and creator friends so they can be a part of the show too. Can't make a live show? No problem. You can catch up on your favorite podcast platform and visit laughingvikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew. All right, it's time for today's show. Buckle up and make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is Laughing Vikings Live. Happy Monday Fun Day. Let's go. It's Monday. Here we are. Episode 37. Another biggie. We had a great weekend. We had the soft launch of Comedy Alley. In fact, if you're watching right now, you'll see behind me, I am standing in Comedy Alley. Ooh. I would be out there right now in real life, but uh, it looks like it might rain. I didn't want to get pouring rain all over my webcam, my laptop, and my mic. So <laughs> also didn't want to get electrocuted. How you doing, Brandon? I am doing Pretty good, Lars. It was a good weekend. I am excited for this week. And let's get this show going. You want to get this show going? You just want to roll into it. All right. One thing I want to let you know is you will see behind me, uh, this is outside in our alleyway, our rooftop alleyway, very intimate venue, uh, Comedy Alley. We've got some great shows, stand-up sketch and uh, musical comedy coming up here in this intimate, very exclusive a limited seating venue here that we have, uh, but uh, we're in Toronto, but we just want to recognize and acknowledge that uh, the land that Laughing Vikings on is on right now was originally hosted by the uh, Mississaugas of the Anishinaabe, the, Hauden the Haudenosaunee of, uh, sorry, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy and the Wendat. And so we also want to recognize the enduring presence of all the First Nations, the Métis and the Inuit people here in Canada. So while it is Comedy Alley right now, at some point, uh, it was not our land. So we appreciate um, uh, all the First Nations and Indigenous people of Canada. Uh, now, um, what do you want to get into first today? We got well, a special first, got a let's special start guest. off with a comment. James Tooby's here. Uh, everyone calm down. Tooby's here. Okay. Phew. Please. Please. Phew. Phone everybody. 
Oh, all right, we can continue on with episode 37 because James Tubi, aka the Tubinator, is with us once again. He's uh, last couple weeks he messaged. He always met anytime. This is this is how you know a super fan. He'll DM me and apologize for not for missing a show. I'll be like, hey, sorry, I wasn't able to be at the show. I was uh, tending to my elderly mother today, and I'm like, ah, oh, come on, where are your priorities, Tubinator? Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> We need you here, buddy. We need you here. Uh, no, that's great. Thank you, Tubi, for being here today. Uh, and we should um, let's also let people know uh, regarding Comedy Alley. If you're paying attention to our Instagram or any of our social media, you'll see more about the shows coming up. But uh, you can go to either our link in bio or you can go to laughingvikings.com/links, and you can get on the list to be first in line for tickets. Again, they're very limited. The shows will sell out. Right now, we're at a max of 10 people. Eventually, we'll probably be able to go to maybe 20, 25. It's a very small space. But you can get first in line for those tickets when we release show dates and ticket info by going to our link in bio in Instagram or laughingvikings.com slash links and throw your name on the list and you will be the first to be notified and you'll have the first opportunity to join us for live pro stand-up sketch and uh, musical comedy shows here in Comedy Alley. And our guest today also, we'll, uh, we'll talk later about this, but rumor has it on the Laughing Vikings rumor mill, our guest today may be helping co-produce and co-host one of those shows on one of the nights uh, here at Laughing Vikings. So Ooh. exciting, exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. You want to get on board right now. The world's opening up and we're starting to be released into the wild again. And uh, I'm sure everyone could use some uh, some laughs and some people and some friends and some mm-hmm. joy in their life after however long it's been of waves and lockdowns and quarantines and I don't even too, too long, too long right. <laughs> right. in a while. It has yes. been a while. So, uh, but good news coming up. Uh, and also just we'll always let you know, if you're new to L uh, laughing Vikings and you are an actor, you can get your first self tape audition session free by going to laughingvikings.com slash gift. And that is our gift to you. But in addition to that gifts, we have so many prizes and gifts on this podcast. It's almost too much. I don't know what our, what our prize budget is. It's kind of, it's like the price is right. We have several million dollars of, uh, of prizes every episode. Yeah. Uh, so there's that one for the free audition sessions, but stick around to the end of the episode. And we're going to give away another prize, some laughing Vikings swag, maybe a shirt, maybe a mask. But you got to be around at the end of the episode to qualify for that. So if you're one of these early bailers, you're not going to get it. So uh, let's uh, move on. We, we want to just roll into it and bring our guests on here. Uh, well, let's lead them in with a clip and then All right. you can give them a proper introduction. Great. Here's a clip of our guest today, stand-up comedian Natish Sakuja. Roll the clip. Please welcome to stage a very funny, the hilarious Natish Sakuja. <laughs> What's up, guys? That's it. All right. Fantastic. Guys, as comedians, we're lucky. We get to travel a lot. And uh, traveling through a lot of places, I've noticed that Canada has the best homeless people. All right? They're tricky motherfuckers, though. All right? And they all have a vibe to them. Okay? You can't get caught in that vibe. I was downtown Toronto, walking down the street. I seen a homeless guy. Me and this guy made eye contact. I'm in his vibe now. Okay? And he calls me over. He goes, hey, hey, I'm a fan. I had two emotions. First, I was like, yo, sick, I got fans, right? But then I was like, wait, where am I performing that this guy knows who I am? 
He's sitting in his own urine and he's wearing two shoe boxes as shoes. That means somewhere there's four shoes. You know what I mean? I have so many questions for this guy, all right? And as I'm feeling these emotions, this guy starts going. Like he thought he was a fan, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But because I gave him the time of day, I thought he was my fan, you know? It was one of the most humbling moments of my life, all right? Where I was like, who the fuck am I? This man is clearly just a fan, you know? Last time I was in Vancouver, I drove here and I drove from Vancouver back to Toronto by myself in 50 straight hours. Thank you, that's the power of cocaine, <laughs> all right? Yeah. It'll take you from point A to point B very fast, all right? I did have another guy in the car with me, but he's a degenerate, he doesn't drive, but he has an iPhone 7 Plus, lots of surface area, okay? What I'm saying is you can put a lot of cocaine on that, all right? And my hands don't have to leave 10 and two, you know? He puts a straw to my nose, teamwork makes the dream work, all right? And I was telling that to one of my friends, and this guy's such a stoner, I could tell like he wasn't listening to my story as I'm telling it to him. And when I finish, he goes, wait, so you ran from Vancouver to Toronto? And I'm like, yo, you think I ran from Vancouver to Toronto? And I thought about it. Yo, with enough cocaine, you could run from Vancouver to Toronto. Yeah, and you wouldn't die in Thunder Bay like Terry Fox, all right? Too soon? Too soon? Listen, if that offended you, check yourself, okay? The only reason you know who Terry Fox is is because you went to school here and they forced that shit on us, all right? Yeah, that means you participated in the Terry Fox walk, right? And that means when the teacher wasn't there, you were like, yo, look, I'm Terry, all right? Yeah. We all fucking did it, okay? And if you say you didn't, you're a fucking liar. And only in Canada would a guy like Terry Fox get famous. Only in Canada. Yeah, what about the million Terry Foxes running around Syria right now that nobody gives a fuck about? You could Google map Syria, go into street level, and you'll see 12 right now, all right? But everybody acts like they knew Terry personally, you know? Like they knew him before the leg, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you never knew Terry, buddy. Fucking relax. And if we're being honest, Terry Fox had a metal leg. This guy had all the advantages, okay? Yeah, his leg never got tired, okay? Honestly, I blame his team. All he needed was a little bit of cocaine. I'm sure he could have finished that race. You guys remember those scooters growing up? And the leg that does nothing gets so tired? Yeah, imagine Terry Fox on one of those motherfuckers. Two scoots, this guy would have been across the country. But here's the thing, when you're talking shit about Terry Fox, all right, you gotta know your audience, okay? He's a very beloved man. You can't talk shit about him everywhere. I was in Northern Ontario at a Legion Hall, okay? Yeah. 400 middle-aged white men. And I started talking shit about Terry. <laughs> shit went haywire. The most terrifying thing happened. A guy in the front row in a wheelchair, he stood up. That's how you know you fucked up. When the wheelchair guy's standing, you're fucked, all right? And he just started chanting. He started going, no, 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 over and over again, which is such a good heckle, by the way, okay? Because what I said did not need a yes or no answer. So what he's saying makes no sense to what I'm saying. 
It's very hard to respond. So for the first time in my life, I was like, please God, somebody else heckle me, all right? Which no comedian ever says. And from the back of the room, somebody yelled goat at me, okay? And they didn't mean greatest of all time. They did not. They meant bear or whatever noise goats make. And the only thing I can assume when you yell goat at me is that you have a daughter. You want to trade, right? Yeah. Because why did I bring my goat if you didn't bring your daughter? Yeah. I'm getting sick and tired of traveling this country with my fucking goat. And when I show up and you don't have your kid, it's very frustrating. What I'm saying is I have a goat. If anybody has a kid, let's make a trade, right? Uh, listen, my mom got traded for a goat. She's a very happy lady. Just kidding, she's the saddest lady I know. Um, yeah, stop trading humans for animals. Uh, human for human, that's a straight up swap. Do your thing, all right? But for an animal, it's disrespect. Uh, listen, I'm gonna get out of here. Before I, tell, before I go, I wanna tell you this. Comedy is at a very crucial point right now. A lot of comics are getting in trouble. We're living in a very PC world, all right? You just gotta laugh. This continues in the next five to seven years. Comedy and laughing is just gonna become illegal, all right? If you wanna catch a laugh, you're gonna have to find a comic behind a dumpster at a McDonald's just trying to sling a one-two joke. You know what I mean? Have you ever tried to buy a 20 bag of laughter? That's where we're headed, okay? You're gonna put $20 in our pocket, we're gonna whisper a punchline in your ear, you're gonna walk away, ha. <laughs> and of course, it's gonna become crackheads, right? People who spent all their money on laughs and now they're broke, just walking around the street going, knock, 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 knock. <laughs> Trying to figure out who's there. <laughs> Nobody. Guys, thank you for supporting live comedy. My name is Tish Kuzi, you've been an absolutely awesome audience. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today, fantastic stand-up comedian. He's toured across the country, headlining venues all over the country and doing all kinds of festivals. He's a staple here in Toronto, especially at the 420 shows. He's a goat owner, a Terry Fox aficionado, and I've had the pleasure of uh, hitting the road with him and sharing many, many stages with him. Please, let's welcome, bring him into the studio, Natish Sakuja. Bow, 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 bow. There he What's is, up, buddy. Hey, hey, good to see you. Thank you, man. How's it going? Good, good. How was your weekend? How are things today? Good. That was weird watching that video. Yeah. <laughs> I, what, one thing that I found kind of timely and weird and a little bit prophetical is uh, you talking about stand-up comedy and laughter being not allowed and banned you were talking about it from a pc cancel culture standpoint but now for the yeah. last for the last year and a bit none of us have been able to really do this it kind of has been illegal so yeah it, happened, it, happened. it didn't quite happen for the same reasons but right it right yeah. also also i just want to acknowledge you for your man purse that's bold to be wearing a man <laughs> purse on stage like that i was uh <laughs> I was pretty confident, and I was uh, a lot bigger. I was 75 pounds heavier. Wow. Uh, right. I think I'd be more confident wearing it now because I, I was just watching myself the whole time, and I was like, it's just cupping my breast the whole time. Right. And I was like, oh, why would I wear that? Right. You know, like, it's so weird. And to watch myself do stand-up, oh, that was horrible, bro. Like seatbelt uh, <laughs> cleavage right there. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, when was that? When what? Uh, what year was yeah. that? Uh, Serious XM top comic uh, composition. Twenty eighteen. Right. Yeah. Twenty so, eighteen. 
So do you not like watching yourself because you've evolved as a comedian or strictly because of the weight loss? You just don't like seeing the extra 75 pounds? Oh, no. I don't care about the weight loss. It's all about the comedy. Uh, I've right. tagged all those jokes up so much more since I've done that. Right. Uh, right. And I, it doesn't feel like that it was good, you know? Um, but uh, I also haven't done comedy now in a long time. So I don't even, I was remembering, <laughs> and I was like, I don't even, it was it was weird to watch, man. I was like, oh, right. I don't even know if I right. can do that again right now, well, you know? One thing that I love about you and, and about a lot of comedians is you touched, especially in a showcase set, you touched on some controversial things. One is uh, to have jokes about homeless people can sometimes be seen as punching down if you're not delicate about it. And obviously, to, you mentioned in your set Terry Fox being so beloved. And I'm always a big fan of – I don't really do it personally. I kind of – I just – steer clear of of things that might be super controversial just as my style my preference but i love comedians who are willing and bold enough to go out there knowing that the whole crowd could turn on you on a dime but trusting trusting that you're you're going to get your point across i think another fa famous comedians i think bill burr is one of the best is that where he'll his opening line or opening statement presence like uh, his his premise will shock everyone and you'll kind of hear everyone tense up like what the fuck did he just say like um jim jeffries is another great example of that but yeah. kudos to you, you for for going there Thank you. yeah i love that uh louis ck special where he just opened with abortions remember that right 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 <laughs> what he said and you're like what the fuck where's this right. guy going which I is sort story. of antithetical to what you're normally taught is like do you, up front do your best stuff that'll connect people and bring things together and those kind of controversial type things you might squeeze in in the middle of a set but to be so bold that you're just gonna yell abortion well, I, like to, 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 <laughs> I like to make it hard on myself off the top and then right uh work <laughs> work my way into friendship there, there is kind of a sick masochistic um tendency of a lot of comedians and i've done this myself sometimes where just you sort of there's a there's a weird fascination with burying yourself in a hole early on or saying controversial sometimes it's crowd work or you just say something controversial to then figure out okay can can i dig myself out of this awful awful pit where everyone hates me right off the bat can i save it and that's a, it's a i think it's a unique quality unique to stand-up comedians where we're sort of a glutton for punishment yeah yeah uh so a very, very um, uh, traditional and um, a big part of the show here. We like to kick things off to start with a segment called One Minute Life Story. This is for you, Natish. Uh, Brandon's going to hold up a countdown timer. Uh, is it going to count up from zero to a minute or is it, gonna it come, is going count to down? count down? It's going to count up from zero. You have a minute. I'm going to give you a proper introduction. You can start from conception, take us through your whole life professionally career-wise if you want to talk about things that aren't comedy and acting related feel free but ladies and gentlemen this is natish sakuja's one minute life story go uh shit um i was born and then uh i pretty much grade three i moved um moved again in grade six uh a little bit in grade nine i moved again <laughs> um Ah, uh, fuck, this is hard, man. I went to high school. I did it. I completed it. Uh, I went to university, dropped out. Um, fucking got a job at a bank. 
uh, went back to school for television broadcasting, and then I started comedy. And then 10 years later, uh, here I am. Um, pretty high. Uh, <laughs> it's been a fun trip. Um, and um, today is June 14th, and I have eight seconds to spare. Fill it. He concedes his time. It's like oh. in a debate where he says, I concede the rest of my time to my opponent. I don't need it. I got yeah. all the way up to where I am exactly right now. In right. Two seconds. That works. That works. Well yeah. done. Well done. Yeah, it's like that one, one – it's, it's the one-minute-ish life story yeah. there. Yeah. That was yeah, tough. Yeah. That was tough. That was tough right. where I was like, if I tried to tell you my life story, it would I couldn't do it in a minute. So the best way to do it is just to – Yada yada yada. That's the challenge. Where, <laughs> where were you born? You said you've mentioned you moved several times, but you, I don't think you told us where you were originally born. Oh, I was born in Toronto. I was just I just moved a lot. Oh, just <laughs> house in and around yeah. Toronto. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple times. You said you went to school, dropped out, and then went back to school for TV broadcasting. What was the first thing that you went to school for that you quit? Math and business at uh, uh, Waterloo Laurier. Wow. Yeah. Was that uh, parents' yeah. thing, selling you to like straighten up and fly right and go get a good business job, or what? What was that? Not really. That was oh, a little bit of overachieving. I don't know. Thought I wanted to do it, and then like they told me I was good at math, but I grew up in Restdale, and then I went to Waterloo, and then I found out I'm good at Restdale math. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is what? Cal calculating dime bags and 20 bags and half quarters. Yeah, exactly. and <laughs> well, you and, you and Lars also have a connection that you both worked at a bank before you started comedy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, financial, uh, te yeah. Technically, mine wasn't a bank, but it was definitely financial services. It was financial services and, and in like investments, life insurance, that kind of stuff. Well, where, where, were you a teller, uh, Natish? No, no I, was, uh, I worked uh, in the dispute department for uh, CIBC credit cards. What does that mean? So if you had a charge on your card that you didn't see and you wanted to dispute a charge, you'd call me. Uh, and I'll be like, nah, you did it. <laughs> I feel like you'd be so easygoing. You'd be like, yeah, no worries, bro. I got that. It was like if I was really in the mood, I'd help someone as much as I can. But if I wasn't, like, I'm going to wrap this call as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. Right. Send it to another department and let that guy ride the department wave for a couple I, of hours. I find that's with a lot of customer service jobs yeah. where it's just like, if, if you're a decent human being, then I will help you any way I yeah. can. If you yeah. are a garbage person, then fuck you. Exactly. you just, and it all depends. You just got to catch us on a, on a good lunch. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, yeah. I was just, just going <laughs> to say. Your favorite sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or call you right after lunch when you've had a, a little smoke break and yeah. uh, and and you're in yeah. your happy place. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna wipe that fraudulent charge. And while I'm here, I'm just gonna clear the whole balance. You're back to zero, buddy. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh man, I wish that's possible. Any weird uh, any weird calls or outrageous people? Anyone scream and berate uh, you? Good. Not the one weird call was not weird, but like uh, Eugene Levy called one time. Wow, yeah. what was his <laughs> credit? How's yeah, his what credit? Was he tried to dispute. <laughs> I don't know, I don't remember exactly what it was, but he had like a uh, hundred thousand dollar credit limit. It's pretty nice. sick, nice. It was like Eugene Levy, you know, they're like, 
I just wanted to ask him about American Pie. <laughs> you can't, right? Yeah. Uh, right. How many today, sir? Trying to act like you don't know who he is. You kept yeah. it profesh? Yeah, I guess so. Nice. I don't know how professional I was, but I mean, I kept it to what I thought was professional. So when did you make the decision to go back to school for TV and broadcasting? And how did you get into performing uh, stand-up for the first time? How did that all break down? Uh, well, actually, I, I went to school for broadcasting after I started comedy. I was working at the bank and uh, at the call center, and everyone was just like, I was just clowning people around me. Like, you should try stand-up. You should try stand-up. And it wasn't the first time I ever heard that. And that's where I started it. I went out one night and just checked it out. Uh, and then I went to school afterwards because my parents were like, what are you doing with your life? You're not going to be a comedian. What the hell kind of goal is that? Uh, so I just got them a piece of paper while I was pursuing comedy. Smart. Mm, nice. Smart. Made them happy. Where was your very first show? What was the first mic you hit? Uh, yuck, yuck. Tuesday night amateur. Oh, yeah? Nice. Were you at, so did you go to the Humber program or you went somewhere else? No, I, I didn't go to any program. I was just, I would just go there every, it was the first, Yuck Yucks was the only thing I knew about comedy before I started comedy. It's the only thing I right. ever heard of. Right. So naturally, I went there first on, I just found out what the amateur night was and I just started going there every Tuesday. And I went there about four straight Tuesdays and I said hello to the booker every time. And by the fifth time, he's like, just tell me when you want to go on and I'll put you on, I'll put you on next week. And I was like, sick, I'll do it. Nice. Do you it remember? Good, do you remember the first set? I don't remember the set, but I do remember it went really well. Uh, I went fast as fuck. I told probably like a hundred jokes, just like bang, 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 bang. Uh, it went really well though. I'm just chasing that dragon ever since, bro. Are you the type that invites people to your first show, or were you like, I'm doing yeah, this on dude. my own? You stay the fuck I, home, and I brought like 25 people to my first show. The whole nice. front row at UFS was all my people. But it was a pack night anyway. Regardless. Right, right. Yeah, those Tuesday nights, some of those were, were pretty fire. I started in London, Ontario, doing a Yuck Yucks amateur night there uh, for my first time. And then shortly after that, came to Toronto and did a couple of those Tuesday nights where that's where like, I felt like I was in the big time doing five-minute spots yeah. on an amateur night. But in a packed house in, in Toronto, like it was like, holy yeah. shit, this is the, re this is the real deal <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Natish, when was the first time you got paid to do a set? First person to ever pay me was Hunter Collins on a show, Third Class Thursdays, in uh, Vapor Central. Vapor, yeah. Yeah, he put 20 bucks in my hand. I was two years into comedy, and I was like, no way. <laughs> no way. I was so excited. You were like, in your, in, your, in your face, yeah. mom and dad, 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was calling all my friends. I was like, oh, no way. I got 20 bucks for seven minutes of comedy. Right. Doesn't even make sense. Did you spend it that night? That was McDonald's right away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proper celebration. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you did a show at Vapor Central, I remember the first time I, I did a show there and you got 20, I'm sure you got $20 and you also got high as fuck, whether you were smoking or oh, not. Because you'd go, cool. I remember my first time in there and I walked in, I'd never been to a vape lounge before. Uh, so I, it was like Narnia to me. I walked in and I was like, what is this glorious place? All these eclectic, odd, oddball types and all these crazy contraptions like blow torches and 
elaborate bongs and vaporizers wow. and things that I'd I'd never every time I went in there and I, I was usually going to Mike Rita's shows and I had no like I would I I realized my my level of like weed paraphernalia and weed knowledge was like down here and it was like I'm lo- I'm watching like scientists and rocket scientists <laughs> figure out how to smoke weed with these contraptions that I've never seen before. It was amazing. Is that is that place closed down? Does it exist anymore? Sorry, is I'm that the place sure. at Bloor? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just south of Bloor. Bloor, Bloor and like Young. Bloor and Wellesley? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah they had I, like uh, the weird condom thing, right? Where you blow you blow up the balloon and then you smoke that out of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, I always found that one weird. <laughs> <laughs> They're all weird, man. The dabs and everything. Dabs. Yeah. Dabs. Oh, I yeah. The- I tried to dab at uh, vape on the lake one time. That was the first time. I don't. Maybe it was you that gave it to me. It might have been. <laughs> it's like crack of weed, you know. It's so right. Concentrated. It's a little too concentrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So twenty bucks. Me too. That was my first uh, I, first time I ever got paid. It was a twenty dollar bill, and same thing. I was like, this can't be real. Like this yeah. is this is too easy. I say dick jokes, and you give me money. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Seven minutes of comedy is twenty bucks. Imagine how much I can make in one hour. That's what I went through my head. Right. Right. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, when you break it down per minute, it's pretty good. The challenge is how many minutes are you on stage every week where you're, where exactly. you're like... <laughs> it's a dollar value on every minute, right? Right. Yeah. Right. What's the what's the most you performed during like during a week? Uh, before the pandemic, I was doing like 15, 20 sets a week. Nice. Yeah, I was out there. Yeah, you're a grinder. You've always been since you first started. You're you're all yeah. over the city doing shows all over it. the place. Yeah, it's back to me, man. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. Would it be like one venue, three different sets, or would it be like you went to sometimes, three different spots? Sometimes it was one venue, three sets. Uh, sometimes I was going around the city. It all depends. But I was at the Corner Comedy Club a lot. Right, and I would get like three sets a night usually. Who was it? Uh, was it Dom Pere that a few years ago, maybe five, six years ago, went out to like break a record for shows in, in a week and did like 80 shows or something like yeah. that? He was, was doing like 10 or 12, just line them up. There's all a lot of people don't realize there's all the comedy clubs, but then there's at pre COVID, there was any given night, there's probably a couple dozen stand up shows ranging from open mics to booked um, professional shows. But if you play your cards right and bounce around and and you're able to to time it right and and you have good relationships with the bookers, that's what you do. You'd bounce, you'd go do five or seven minutes here, then you go to the next one, then you go to the next one. Maybe you come back for a late show at one of the early ones. It's great. It's weird. Yeah, you're, it but it's it's stand ups. Stand up, stand up, and stand up comedians are a little bit weird because there's that masochistic uh, part of us, and then there's it's it is a weird addiction. It's kind of an addiction almost like you just get hooked on it and then you just kind of can't stop <laughs> I, i'm under the subscription that uh applause is the best drug there is like that's true that's it what is it the is the most energized you will ever feel when you get it it's pretty nice yeah yeah <laughs> i mean applause and laughter yeah yeah, yeah. laughter is always great when did you make the transition from stand-up comedy to be starting to get into acting because i know you've you've had paid acting gigs um specifically one of the you had that big print campaign i remember early on when i met you you were all over billboards you want to share that with us um 
yeah, I, I didn't really make a transition. Uh, I still don't do acting as that much. I just have an acting agent who gets me commercials and small things. My goal ultimately is comedy. Uh, this is just extra stuff that if I can get something, why not, right? If it leads to anything, I'd take it. But uh, someone just uh, introduced me to uh, one of my friends had an agent. I don't even remember who it was. And I was like, I would love an agent. And he was like, here, call my lady. And uh, he hooked it up and then she started getting me auditions. Nice. And then, everything I've ever booked, here's a little something. Everything I've ever booked in my life, I didn't get through an audition. I've never booked anything in my life through an audition. You get direct every, bookings? They just message your agent and be like, we want him for this? Every single thing I have is a direct booking. Hey, got me into Acra. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, never booked an audition. It's crazy. That's interesting. Every single thing has been picked. They've contacted right. my agent. Hand-selected. Yeah, like maybe 10 things. You, you hear that, Hollywood? N Natish Sakuja's offer only. He doesn't audition for your project. Yeah. You send his agent an offer. I see uh, we, like, have a, we have an audience question. Uh, so, Natish, how are your parents with your success now? Um, I wouldn't say success, but uh, it's going well. They're happy now. They see, they see the way everything's working out. They're they're happy. They see me touring. They see me getting flied out to places. Uh, I was just about to go to Australia for the Melbourne Fest before the pandemic hit. But unfortunately, I couldn't. So they're, they're happy. They're happy. They're cool with it. How did they, they feel about how did they feel about seeing your big mug on uh, those giant billboards? That was cool for them. That was cool for everybody. Right. That was up for like a year. And uh, that whole year, every single day, I would get a text message, a picture message of somebody. Right. Right. It was for a radio station. You know I was on a billboard. Uh, people, people would tag me in Facebook posts and be like, "How many Brandons can you see in a row?" Yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes there would be two billboards of the same. Yeah, on the same, same thing. Yeah, um, it was uh, it for Indy eighty eight. Indy eighty eight. Oh, right. It was mine right. too. You guys were in the right. same campaign, probably, because there was multiple, like, it was, they had multiple yeah. campaigns and different slogans and taglines. Yeah, mine yeah, was yeah. the USB one. I, I I never unplugged my USB safely or something. Oh, nice. Mine was, I don't laugh. I don't always laugh out loud when I LOL. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, that was <laughs> a great one. Wow. That's a good, uh, yeah. that's, that's a good little connection there. You guys are billboard yeah. billboard buddies. Yeah, we are. We got a connection now, Natish. Right, right. Uh, Natish, yeah. what's the what's the weirdest, or you can even give a few examples? But what are some examples of weird places that you've done stand up, or just weird shows in general? Oh man, there's so many. Uh, comedy is the weirdest gig in the world, dude. You know this. We just get sent uh, in the weirdest venues. Yeah, like uh, we're like weird mercenaries that get sent in, yeah. and instead of like literally killing someone we're supposed to go and kill with laughter but sometimes that you get sent into like mission impossible scenarios where you're like where the fuck are we we need backup we need backup air support air support when the pandemic first started uh just after the first lockdown i got booked in oka quebec uh for this festival and uh i took another comic out there we went up there and it was uh in a giant field on a reserve 
and uh, it was raining like a motherfucker. Uh, they told me I had a camper that I was staying in when I got there. It was an old camper that was run down. They were using it as like a tent. I mean, it was, it was still a camper. There was nothing in it, but that was like a little mattress for me. But there was no electricity, no water. It was, I, I didn't expect any of that. You know what I mean? Then it rained the whole time. We still had to do three shows. In the, were you in the rain or were you under like was there an awning or like a stage or something a, or are you just standing in the rain doing stand up uh, they made uh, makeshift tarp makeshift awnings that were leaking it, it was it was pretty bad no one was having a good time most of us in comedy it was weird man it was pretty fucking right. weird gig we had uh, a few weeks ago we had Mark DeBonis on and, and we're talking about how like there's sometimes open mics in, in laundry mats uh, he ran shows in a pizzeria. He ran shows in a skateboard shop. Um, have you done shows in venues that like aren't performance spaces that are just these weird other businesses that somehow decide that they want to do comedy? Uh, yeah, I think I've done a laundromat before. Uh, yeah, pizza shop, Starbucks. We did once. Um, just a lot of times, comedy comedy is a hijacking. We take right. over rooms. And we're, we go where we're not wanted, but they don't know they don't want us right away. Because in theory, the idea of comedy is fantastic, right? Because what you see on TV is pretty clean. You can watch it at home, Channel 44 during the day, you know what I mean? Uh, but then once you start adding amateurs in the middle of the day with a microphone, you're fucking up some shit. Right, <laughs> you know? and it, right, right. Setting. Yeah, and you're getting like death stares from people at their table. Like, I'm out for an yeah. anniversary dinner with my wife. This was supposed to be a lovely evening, and I've got you yeah, exactly. ranting and ranting and raving up there with your new jokes. Yeah, exactly. It could be a, it could be a fantastic time or it could be a horrible time. Right. Um, I don't think you want to take those chances on random venues. I mean, I'll some... take a comedian, but I don't think owners want to. I've done shows on the road uh, where we show up to the venue and the, like the, the person who took me actually the, this one in general was Jeff Leeson. I've done tons of shows with him and he was amazing to me early on. And we did one in particular where it was a small town somewhere like a bar restaurant had, had booked comedy night to, to try it out. And we arrive and Jeff, we walk up to the door and we're like, Hey, we're the comedians to do the show tonight. And the guy's like, Oh, is that tonight? There's not a, there's not a poster in the venue. Nobody knows about it, like no promo, no nothing. Of course, uh, like pool tables that are active, sports on the on the big screens, like just the just the kind of the worst, but we got paid and we were there and it's always in it. If you're on if you're on the road, it almost doesn't matter how weird and messed up the venue is because it's still fun because it's a road trip, right? Like you're yeah, still you I mean, assuming that you're it definitely helps when you're with someone that you like and like when you're, but usually you're traveling on the road with buddy comedians that you're friends with uh, different, I guess if you're lone wolf in it and then you show up and you're just somewhere alone, that sucks yeah. by yourself. But, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's the game, right? Right. Right. Um, now uh, you have been a regular here around laughing Vikings. We've helped you with a ton of auditions um we're still going to get you that first one uh you said that you haven't booked one of those yet but we'll get you one of them uh i think brandon has a little clip here we put together a little i think it's a little blooper reel 
about you learning to uh, to catch a frisbee that we've got uh, right here for you. Yeah, I think we do. Let Where me... is that? I think it's right from the laughing. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. So, book that's why I'm not booking anything. <laughs> yeah, have you that? have you learned to catch a frisbee now, Natish? So hard, dude. This just bounces off my palm. Uh, in all it's fairness, he happened. he was not expecting that frisbee at that time. It was supposed to be like the spot was like an outdoor barbecue kind of spot out out, out, out back, having fun with your friends. And then I was like, oh, at some point I'll toss you the uh, Frisbee. We did it a couple times at a certain time. And then I was like, I'm just going to throw one at him, not at the time that he's expecting it, and just see if we can get a genuine <laughs> genuine reaction. So yeah, it worked out good. Nice. It worked out good. Um, what's, been your, uh, what's been your experience? How, how do you like coming to uh, Laughing Vikings? I know we've had a lot of fun with the green screen with you, hooking you up on a, with a, a DJ booth behind you. We did a, you were a garbage man one time. So we had a nice uh, street skate behind you. We had that one where you're in the backyard. I always have fun with you, but uh, how do you like uh, coming to uh, Laughing Vikings and what's your experience been so far? I love it, dude. Uh, you guys are good. You make it easy on me. I fucking, I suck at recording it myself. Uh, you just make it easy for me, man. As, as a guy who, you get in there, you do all the editing, all the all that stuff. It's just easy, convenient, and it's fun. You you do you don't you don't just do one take. You know what I mean. You try to coach us through it, so I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. We, you're uh, and you are you are super easy going. Um, there's some some actors that come in and and they do it and they're just obsessing and they're like, oh, like I don't like what my eye did there. Or my hair was here. Or I did that little thing with my thing or i like i looked slightly where they'll watch it over and over and over again and not be happy but generally generally you you will we'll do one we'll watch one and be like yeah i'm happy with that that's cool so you're 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 different where a lot of the where a lot of the times i'll say like well we have the hour session let's let's do another one and maybe add another layer or try something new and and kind of get uh, get your bang for your buck and discover something new but you're you're also very easy going okay. Probably why I'm not booking anything. I need to do more takes. Um, <laughs> but I'm just, if I feel like if I keep doing it, I'm going to, I myself lose interest in the character and I, I get bored with it. You know what I mean? I, right. I, I got to find an even balance of practicing ahead of time and coming in and doing it. Right. Yeah. And there's something to say for like when you're beating a dead horse over and over and over again, at some point you're getting, it's sort of the law of diminishing returns where the extra time you're spending you're, and you also you can be not fresh where you're like kind of fresh and in the moment and, and doing things organically early on. But then by the multiple, multiple takes, you can sort of be like in a weird rhythm where you're not doing it spontaneously. And then it just doesn't come across as natural where it sounds it'll, it'll sound like an actor giving lines rather than a normal human being. But uh, it's also highly competitive. That's the other thing, like for you to like to say, of, of course, we all want to book everything, but. The number I heard in Toronto was like for a random like one liner in a commercial or in a TV show. Usually there, there might be 500 to 1,000 actors submitted to it. 
casting director is only going to accept a handful of those to submit or to be seen and then and then one person gets it so it is a weird um it's a weird gig because it's so competitive and there's really technically only one winner and everyone who comes in second place uh gets nothing other than other than feeling good that they um submitted a good take and yeah maybe that you got a call back maybe the casting director saw you can you you got good chops but they just went another direction but Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day there's there's one there's one there's no second place and third prize um although now that i say that but during COVID, a weird thing has happened where they're booking the person for the role and then they're booking a backup actor just in case you fail your COVID test and can't go on set then they have sort of someone on standby yeah, yeah, like a COVID backup sort of thing, which is neat. Hmm. It's, get, it's given some extra money in the pockets of, yeah. of uh, performers, even if they didn't end up on set. Um, yeah. It's just too risky like for them for them to have the whole production and then the lead actor on the day before fails a COVID test. They can't, they can't operate, so they're not going to scrap the entire shoot day. So they've been figuring out how to have backup people. So, so Nitesh, we, we really like to do put things out into the universe here at this podcast. So what my question for you is, what is your dream project that you aspire to create? Or like what venue do you want to do comedy in? Like what's been like pinnacle for you? Um, comedy, I don't really care about, I mean, I would love to do it in crazy venues. Uh, I just hope that I continue to do comedy. That's my only dream for comedy is that I have a long career where I can continue to be good at it and continue to do it. Um, but my ultimate project would be to do something like Adam Sandler and just have a movie with all my friends, you know? Nice. I would be just make a couple million dollars with my boys. Right. Do you have a, do you have a plot in mind? Like, oh, absolutely nothing. You're going to Seinfeld it? Yeah, exactly. You got to, there's some work to be done, but I would love to have an opportunity to do something like that. I feel like whatever the script is, there'll be blunts in the script. So that's... lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> Might be called Blunt City, actually. Maybe that's what it's called. <laughs> Let's be blunt. Nice. But I I love that answer too. And and there there is something to say for wanting to do things for the love of the game, not not so much for wanting it to be the big break project or the ultimate Hollywood thing. It's like for, for a lot of people acting and stand up and whatever art with its musician or artist, it's just a privilege to get to do it every day and not have to go slog a job where you're digging ditches or roofing or working as a, as a credit credit card call center person. Yeah. I mean, I would love to blow up and be famous. Who wouldn't? Right. But uh, I just hope that comedy, I can do it for a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, seem, I, seem, I seem to go the other way. You're killing it so far. And uh, did I see online? Are you heading out west this week as well? You got another road trip yeah. planned? I'm heading to Vancouver uh, from the 17th to 20th. We've got a bunch of shows out there. Nice. nice. So very excited about that. Now, in your Sirius XM stand up clip, you talked about driving 50 hours straight. Are you going to drive 50 hours straight to get there? No. Or are you flying? <laughs> I've that was at a point in my career where I had to drive 50 hours straight. Right. Uh, right. I, I don't think I'll do that anymore. Um, unless I really had to, I'm going to fly. Take it easy. Nice. Attaboy. 
Are you guys flying yeah. together? I noticed that uh, some other Laughing Vikings regulars and staples in the Toronto community here, um, Big Norm and Keith Pedro are also on that uh, list. I think yeah. I saw Dino oh, Archie uh, on there as well from, from out west. Yeah. Uh, Marito Lopez, is he on it as well? Yeah. yeah, that's a stacked lineup. That'll be a great show. Yeah. Are, you, are you guys traveling together to go out there or are you all going separate? Uh, I think we all have separate flights because we all have different circumstances. Keith is a family. Right. Uh, me and Norm are stoners, so we didn't communicate fast enough. Safe <laughs> right. It's also smart, though. That's kind of smart. The way governments, their high, their high-ranking government officials, usually never fly on the same plane. So that if a plane was ever targeted or went down, they don't have their whole government wiped out. So it's probably smart. You all three killer comedians be on separate flights because if your flight ever did get, go down, God forbid then the show's canceled because you all die on one <laughs> flight. So at, at least at least you're all separate. It's very smart. Smart of you guys. Way even morbid, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy show, right? It's a comedy show. Right? <laughs> gotta, gotta have a little bit of morbid in there. Why not? Yeah. Uh, nothing nothing uh, funny. Dash, you know? <laughs> nothing funnier than a flaming fuselage, right? That's <laughs> comedy right there. <laughs> buddy, I'm so excited to sit on a plane. Right. And yeah, like, that'll be nice. Yeah. Kick fun. back. Get some drinks, order a scotch while you're there, maybe. Yeah, are they are they fully open in Vancouver? Yeah. Nice. Well, I don't know about fully, but I don't need a COVID test. I don't need anything to go over there. Mm -hmm. I can just go. Right. Yeah. Right. And um, we chatted about it briefly. We still got to work out the details. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, rumor has it here around Laughing Vikings that uh, you may be involved co-producing and co-hosting one of our nights here at Comedy Alley. So... We're looking forward to that. We could talk this week and then um, start as early as whenever you're back um, from Vancouver and, and get things yeah, rolling. Perfect. But yeah, that's kind of the, the perfect thing that I would want to do. And if you're watching this and you're a, a stand-up, uh, if you're a stand-up comedian with a track record of producing and promoting successful professional shows, then reach out to Laughing Vikings. And uh, I'm going to be bringing on a small group of co-producers that I know and love and trust and want to work together. Uh, to be helping run specific nights or specific shows. So think about what, um, if there's a certain theme that you want or a certain format um, out there and just shoot us a message. Uh, maybe if you send us an email to lol at laughingvikings.com uh, and just subject line Comedy Alley producer and uh, a little pitch and we'll figure it out. And then Natish, uh, you and uh, Raheel, we can talk about that uh, as well. So um now, I mentioned, uh, we're getting to the end here, giving prizes. I mentioned a little prize at the end. Uh, James Tooby, uh, I think, based on the fact that you've returned after a couple weeks absence, and you're always such a super fan, super watcher, super listener, James Tooby, if you're still on the episode, comment right now, and you've got yourself a Laughing Vikings t-shirt coming your way to Benader. So there you go. That's the giveaway for the week. Uh, Brandon, you want to ask um, Natish one of our last questions here? Or you got uh, you got something else for us? Uh, well, I do have a quote to inspire your week. Oh, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, one sec to interrupt. Jim says, I comment. All right. Nice. Ding, 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 ding. Stuck around to the end. He's still there. And you get the shirt. Uh, Jim, next time uh, you're around at Comedy Alley, just shoot us a message and we'll get it. Uh, we'll get it to you. I'm sure we'll be seeing you soon. So congratulations. What size mm -hmm. are you? Are you an, I'm a large. Are you a large or an XL? 
let us know. Let us know in the comments, and you get us. You get a mask as well. Um, okay, sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. You got an in, inspirational quote. I do. I have a quote to inspire our week. So, the quote is: "Eat well, read books, study yourself, expand your mind, do better, and get better." Last but not least, remember you are the greatest investment. And I think that's I think that's important this week because we've now started the reopening in Ontario and I think we're all very excited about it. But focus focus on what you can do and really try and invest in yourself. You are the most important thing in your life and don't forget that. Cuz we don't. We think and you're it, important here. And if you can't invest in yourself, invest in Bitcoin. Sure to yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's great it's great advice um i think people do it we sort of have a tendency in our society to think that our schooling is done after high school or university and then we just kind of live our life with that education and 20 30 40 50 60 years pass and mm -hmm. we've never leveled up so uh, i know that this this past year covid having everything kind of stripped from us no live shows and 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 some shutdowns and things like that that was one thing that I was fortunate to be given that kind of advice. So I took a lot of courses and a lot of personal development and acting classes and all kinds of stuff like that to just figure out, well, if I, if I'm restricted, like sort of, sort of that thought. And I think I've, I've said this before on the podcast is if you were like, if I was locked up in jail, what would you do with your life? I would probably read a lot like uh, Andy Dufresne and uh, Shawshank and I would hit the gym uh, I would hit the yard and just be crushing, crushing bench press and squats all day long so that at least after your five or 10 or however long uh, years you were in jail, uh, you'd at least come out a better human on the other side. And I think uh, we all have the opportunity to do that every day. So thank you for that quote. Uh, any final, uh, final passing words, uh, Natish, to our audience? Actually, one question this I'm going to ask you specifically. Can you give some advice? And this could be Maybe you, I know that you do spend more time in the stand-up world, so give the advice to stand-up comedians, but to someone who's either aspiring to get into it and, and start, or maybe someone who is at some level in the middle and maybe feeling a little stuck, what kind of advice would you give to someone aspiring to up-level their stand-up comedy game? Uh, just get on as many stages as you can. That's ultimately everything that matters. You can write all day for years and years and years. But if you don't ever learn how to say what you're writing, it doesn't matter. Uh, so get on stage as much as you can. Same thing with acting. I'm pretty sure it's just act as much as you can, right? Uh, whether it's legit or your own thing, um, just act. Uh, whatever you want to do, just do it as much as you can. That's how you get better. Don't think about it. Just do it. Let's talk more action. Yeah, baby. I love it. Great advice. And where's the best spot uh, to people connect for people to connect with you? Anything you want to plug that you got coming up uh, imminently? I mean, I know you mentioned that uh, Vancouver show, but where should people connect with you? Uh, find me on Instagram. That's the main thing I use. Nitty Sack, N-I-T-T-Y-S-A-K. And uh, stay tuned because I'm probably going to be doing a show in this guy's alley. And right. we'll make here. Here at 420.30s. Here at Comedy Alley, right here. That'll be Natisha's head soon, right there. Yeah. And uh, and Raheel Sheikh. Uh, yeah. yeah, so hit him up. Uh, you can obviously follow us at Laughing Vikings on uh, Instagram or Nitty Sack, N-I-T-T-Y-S-A-K. Thank you so much, Natisha Kuja, for being here. 
have a great uh, have a great week and a great flight uh crush it out in vancouver yeah and we'll see you back here in comedy alley next week viewers wow. listeners make sure you hit us up go to our link in bio at uh, on instagram or you can go to laughingvikings.com slash links and you can be first in line for those comedy alley tickets when we release show info coming up soon so uh than that have a great week we'll see you next week hit us up on all the podcast platforms and we'll see you here next monday peace bye-bye peace